0: Am I there or am I wrong? The NFL is painting in racism in the end zones. Now, what is the keep politics out of sports crowd? What are they going to watch on television now? Sports, duh. Donald Trump and Clay Travis attempted to bully the Big Ten. It does not appear that it worked. Scott Foster. Reffing game seven between James Harden and CP3 is a gift by the NBA. The Big 12 and ACC have no plan for COVID-19. What the hell have they been doing? And my parting shot about Kirk Cousins. If he dies, he dies like Drago and Rocky. Am I right sir, or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only here. Check your feelings at the door. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, or social justice warriors, and absolutely no BS because I keep it 100 Please make sure you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, share with a friend, send it out on text, email, wherever, if this is heat to you, uh, you can email me gwpodcast at unafraid Make sure you subscribe, leave a thumbs up if you're watching it on YouTube and tell a friend and you can listen to me as well on the PAC 12 apostles podcast or Fox Sports Radio, Sundays 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and then weekdays filling in as well. But we are going to start out with the NFL. The NFL is painting in racism, and it takes all of us in all of the end zones. This is interesting because the the people who are mad at the NBA At the MLB for kneeling, stopping games, the WNBA, the NHL, the NFL um, now has let them down. Good. That was their last hope. Jerry Jones is going to have players kneeling. And all those people say, oh, I'm not going to watch sports. I'm done. I'm done watching the NBA. Those social justice messages. I'm done watching the MLB. Social justice messages. I am completely out. WNBA I wasn't watching it anyway I already hate that the NHL don't even know what channel it's on but they stopped games hate them too your last hope is gone so what are they gonna watch they're still gonna watch sports just like they did last time but here's a novel idea here's a novel concept you can get all of these social justice messages to go away all you have to do is something simple do the easy thing. Stop letting racism slide. Stop letting police brutality slide. Don't excuse it. In systematic racism that includes redlining, educational opportunities for black and brown people, gerrymandering, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Instead of fighting against it, just stop these things and then your sports go back to the way that you want them. And truthfully, the game hasn't changed one bit. As, as well, it's still going to play. And the NFL was their last hope. They were going to say, oh, I'm only watching NFL. But truthfully, they're going to watch because they watched last time. If all these, quote unquote, silent majority, millions of people were uh, boycotting last time, nobody noticed. NFL ratings dipped slightly for a year because of uh, election fatigue. There was also um uh, streaming cord cutting they weren't counted so yes there was a dramatic change (laughs) and then the rating numbers came back up as soon as they started calculating things differently hmm so that whole idea of get woke go broke that theory doesn't apply and it's a lie. well the NBA ratings are down yes so are ratings across sports for the most part for a couple reasons one, people have changed their viewing habits. Big time, they've changed their be- viewing habits because they were locked down for months and there were no sports. They were doing other things with their family, spending time, and now to get back into sports, while all of them are trying to go on at the same time, people can't watch everything. It's not even humanly possible. Their behaviors have been changed in their like sports sarcasian rhythm, like your sleep rhythm, your sports rhythm. You know what happens in the fall. You know what happens in the summer. You know what happens in the spring. Not really getting trained into doing that again is going to take some work for people. But the get woke, go broke, don't apply. ESPN is just fine. Their numbers, ratings, everything, the the company's not going under. Nike and every other brand that they said get woke, go broke, mm, making more money at this point in time. And sports leagues are still selling ad revenues. They're going franchises are going up in value every single year. So it doesn't make sense. Get what go broke is a lie that people will try to tell you. And boycotts don't work unless you affect the money. The NFL's money was not affected in 2016 and 17. And since revenues have gone up every single year ratings are healthy franchises going up in value the nfl has in between 41 and 49 of the highest rated programs in the us every single year nothing's happening to them you can't affect the money especially not with fake boycotts we know that players are st- that people are still watching That's why the NFL had no problem supporting its players right now. Roger Goodell even coming out and saying the NFL stands with the black community, the players, clubs and fans confronting systematic racism. We will not relent in our work. That's a clear statement that the NFL is doing. So if you don't like it, then just help end it. And then you can get back to things the way that you want to and stop fake boycotting. People even on Twitter talking about uh, hitting me. Oh, I'm not watching on TV. I'm only listening on the radio. Yeah, because fans are fanatics. What could actually make you stop loving the game that you have devoted so much of your time to? football like you've given your energy to it and you love it same thing with basketball baseball if you love the game you're not just gonna give up that love you may change your team that you affiliate with for whatever reason because they turned you off like me with the Bulls when I was young when they broke up the team Jerry Reinsdorf and then the whole crew when they broke up The Bulls, that broke my heart. And I was like, I'm done with the Bulls. But am I done with basketball? Hell no. Absolutely not. (laughs) People love the games. They don't necessarily love the teams all the time, but they're not going to give up all the things. And all the things they love about the game are still there. And if you want the social justice messages gone, then probably do something different. Next thing up. President Trump weighed in on the Big Ten. He got involved with it. He said, we're going to get football back. And just like every other occasion, when he's poked his nose into sports in the last four years, his motivations for prodding into it, into the Big Ten, are not hard to figure out. It is very easy. This is all politics. Because the states involved will likely decide the election. You got Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. These are battleground states that can either swing blue or they can swing red, and that's a lot of electoral college votes. So he tweeted out, oh, we're with, he talked to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten's going to do everything it can do to play, which they were already trying to do, but he said, we're at the one-yard line. Then that made me laugh because I was like, which one on the yard line? Are you at the 99 or at the minus one where you got 99 yards to go? Or are you one yard getting ready to go in the end zone? And that put a lot of pressure on the Big Ten and Kevin Warren, who has seemed pretty immune to uh, people fighting against him and, try, and the backlash that people have been coming with. Because if, if you think about it, There's so many people who are ardent and hard Trump supporters. So and want football back, despite the fact that they don't want to wear masks. They don't want to do anything to contribute to it. They just want football back. So there's a lot of pressure on them. And now uh, so the Big Ten said that. They need to make sure that they have testing, the proper testing, contact tracing and all that. And if the White House can help with that, then that's what they should do. I mean, then they may be able to play. And I just found that interesting because you have people even in those states who are waiting weeks for tests or test results. But we're going to get all the uh, we're going to get these universities back to playing football. Why is that? It's about. The election, regardless of who you're voting for, it, it's clear, obvious and transparent what this is about. Um, and they've also uh, you had Dan Patrick tweet out that they are looking at an October 10th start date that that could be potentially happening. I see that as completely unrealistic. The Nebraska co- the Nebraska athletic director, Bill Moose, who ironically was at Oregon while I was there, he came out and said that that's not true. They can't start then, all of that. And I found I thought that was significantly notable because Nebraska is one of the three teams, Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State, who voted against the season being canceled or postponed by the Big Ten. So for their athletic director to then come out and say, no, there's no truth to that, that was a notable statement. So that... And If the Big Ten is able to resume, I think a October 24th start date is probably the earliest because they're going to need about six weeks because the NCAA says they need about six weeks to be able to um, for an acclimation period to play sports. The way injuries are down, because you've seen in the past with the NBA, I'm sorry, the NFL, when they had their work stoppage in 2011 Injuries went up significantly because players weren't able to have that offseason training, hitting each other, all of that stuff, which increases injuries. So October 10th would be six weeks from now. But there are a lot of schools in the Big Ten where their athletes are not all on campus. They're back home because they're doing distance learning. So that means that you have to get all the athletes back quarantine them for a while, and then get to practicing. So October 24th is the absolute earliest it seems reasonable for them to play. But then there was a lot of tweets about the Pac-12. Why is there no backlash from the Pac-12? Is there apathy for the Pac-12? Does nobody care about the Pac-12? I don't think that's true. The reason why there hasn't been any backlash is because of a a couple reasons. Number one, the Pac-12 kind of kept trailing out breadcrumbs for months. Uh, We don't know if we're going to be able to make this happen. Oh, look at California. You've had four teams. There are four teams in the Pac-12 in California, UCLA, USC, Stanford, and Cal. And three of those can't even throw a football with each other in the team yet. So there's no way to play. And if four of your teams can't play football in the Pac-12, that can't happen. Oregon and Washington also have had restrictions until recently where some of them were lifted, where it made a full practice impossible. So that's the other thing. The Pac-12 also issued an 18 page document detailing why they canceled, including the three main reasons, campus closures, travel, testing, contact tracing, all of that that they didn't have, just like the Big Ten. And they made their medical advisor uh, available for media and it was transparent. But I will tell you this, if Nevada was in the Pac-12, then Trump would have called the Pac-12 as well. Because then he would have had Nevada, Arizona and Colorado to fight for instead of those battleground states in flyover America. And um, and there are articles about how Clay Travis was involved in this, and it's just it's just a mess we'll We'll talk about more of that later. uh on to the big twelve and the ACC, they're starting playing immediately, and the big twelve and the ACC have no plan for the coronavirus, and that leads me to ask, what the hell have they been doing the last few months? Like, how have they seen the landscape? The Pac-12 and the Big Ten have canceled and they have not put together a plan under which games would be played or games would be stopped. How? What percentage of the team needs to test positive for you to cancel a game? What, what number of players? They haven't worked any of that out. Each school is going to individually make its decision each Friday when it's time to play. How silly is that? It it makes no sense. The games are on Saturday. That's absolutely asinine. They haven't talked about how many players does a college football team really need to play. 53 in the NFL. But how many does it really need in college? How few can you have at each position group before playing becomes unsafe? And how and will will these and how and when will these schools and conferences decide to call a game off? And having coaches involved in this decision, ah eh, kind of a good idea, but we've seen they all just want to just play ball because that's what coaches do. That's why you have to have oversight. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, the main position that you need in football, more than anything else. Because you can have quarterbacks get hurt, put a wide receiver there, somebody who played in high school, something like that. You can get by without a quarterback, albeit not optimal. The offensive line, where you've had a couple schools have their offensive lines decimated by coronavirus. So what that means is it becomes unsafe for the other players on the team. Because putting true freshmen, walk-ons, players who are not physically ready to be out there is dangerous for other people. It's dangerous for the other linemen. It's dangerous for the running backs, quarterback, all of that because they will be getting hit unimpeded. So nothing will go wrong, right? I just find it uh, terrible that they have not made a plan. I think it's silly. And what have they been doing the last few months in the SEC? You have LSU. Who's down to 70 scholarship players. They normally have 85, 70. How does that work? That means you're going to be playing a lot more true freshmen who may not be ready, who would have redshirted players who are not up to the SEC caliber play. All right. Nothing will go, go wrong. I guess we'll just wait and see. Hopefully, I'm going to pray at night that everything goes well because I do not want to see a catastrophe or something go way wrong. So I'm praying for that. So you don't have to tell me I'm rooting for the virus. Up next, we got a gift. The NBA did us a solid. They put referee Scott Foster on the game seven between James Harden and the Rockets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder and Chris Paul, CP3, this is an absolute gift because they both hate Scott Foster. They have both been openly critical of him. They have just like berated him publicly and said he shouldn't be a ref, all of this, and I love it. Uh, if the, if I read the stat correctly, James Harden has lost seven straight playoff games that Scott Foster has officiated. Chris Paul has lost nine straight games Scott Foster has officiated. He's in both of their heads living rent free. They both have filed out of games, all sorts of things. James Harden doesn't get those cheap calls, and I love it. I could not be more happy. You're going to have no excuses because nobody's going to be getting any favoritism. This dude just goes out, tries to call the game as he is. James Harden doesn't like that he doesn't talk to him, he can't manipulate him. No, Scott Frost is just out there doing it. But I will say this. He's still a human being. He does miss some calls, but he's a highly graded official. That's why he gets playoff games. But having this as an added layer and an added story is amazing. I will say, though, that knowing the name of referees or officials and umpires in sports is problematic. It is a problem. They're like kids. They're supposed to be seen and not heard. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. They should be heard some. <laughs> um, uh, think about in the MLB. You got Angel Hernandez, uh, who is a well-known official, uh, um, umpire. They hate this dude. CB Buckner in the MLB. Players voted him the worst ump three separate occasions. You got Scott Foster in the NBA. You've had other NBA officials who are now uh, retired doing the the calls when they review things. You got Ed Hockley in the NFL. People know his name. You should not know the referee's names because that means that there is some sort of controversy. Byron Moreno in soccer. But thank you, NBA, for giving us this gift. Now my parting shot for the day, Kirk Cousins. People just read the headline when Kirk Cousins said he's not afraid of the coronavirus. If he dies, he dies. Like if he dies, he dies. He does believe that masks are stupid, that they don't work, survival of the fittest. And that's the way he's living his life, that he's not scared. And part of that has to do with his faith. He's like, I know where I'm going when I die. I'm comfortable, all that. But here is the part that people didn't pay attention to. Kirk Cousins is wearing a mask when he goes out, out of respect for his teammates, for his work, for people out in general. I mean, really, it's just normal behavior. You don't have to agree on the severity of the coronavirus, but out of respect for other people, out of respect for your job, out of respect for all of this, and not doing caring behavior. Kirk Cousins, good job. I don't agree with your beliefs, but thank God you are sensible enough to wear a mask. Good God. I wish there were enough more people like Kirk Cousins. Don't just do it. Just don't just fight it just because. No, man, just be a a respectable human being, put on a mask. It'll come off in a little bit, just like it did in 1918, 1919. Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm probably Reister, but if not, if you don't think so, leave a comment and make sure you share. Peace out. Catch you guys Friday.